1208, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. So glad to have you with us. Obviously, the weather is the driving story today, and we're going to spend a lot of time on that. Won't be talking too much about the government shutdown or the State of the Union. We can save those for other times. So, Eric Bilstead, before you leave, my wife is in Florida. Okay. Um, she goes on a trip with her girlfriends, like a week-long trip. She does this every year. I'm going to go down and meet her in the middle of the week. But I'm talking to her this morning. And I'm like, well, how is it? She says, well, it's kind of kind of icky around here. It's it's like 55 degrees and it's raining. <laughs> I said, yeah, it kind of sucks there. More importantly, I said, what's it supposed to be like Wednesday when I'm coming down? Assuming the planes can fly when sure. it's you yeah. know, 20 below zero and stuff. Oh, no, Wednesday's supposed to be in the 70s and sunny. I said, okay, that I can I can hold that out. Now, have you done any research on that? The planes are okay to fly when it's 20 below? I Yes. Matter of fact, I did do some research on that. And, and the answer is yes, because you got, well, planes can fly, because keep in mind, planes fly really, sure, really yeah, high, and right. it's very cool. Where it's so, cool so yeah. The problem is that sometimes there's delays because when it's really, really cold, like the ground crews on the ground and stuff, they can only stay out for uh, for so long. And so it delays ground operations, and okay. so sometimes that can cause flights to get backed up or canceled. But I'm not even thinking about that. But yes, <laughs> to answer your question, that was one of the things. You know, can you know will, will airports shut down when it's like stupid cold, like it's supposed to be so, during the day on Wednesday? If it's not a government shutdown, it's some other type of. Uh... Well, I mean, but I mean, I guess I, I mean, I understand those delays because I mean, obviously, you, you know, you have these people that right, are out yes, there working, yes, and that, yeah. so you, you can appreciate sense. that. But I'm, so I'm, I'm still planning on on heading to Florida. But we'll see. A couple days, got to get past the next couple days. So we're going to be talking about a lot of weather-related things. I, I want to start off, and, and one of the reasons we spend time on weather is one of the reasons that all the TV stations, just if you turn on, if you turned on any television station this morning, all the local TV stations, they were pretty much in wall-to-wall coverage on, on the weather. And I know some people think, well, okay, folks are just overdoing that. But, but here's, here's the reason why. You, know, you might be a political junkie. And it might be that you just can't get enough of hearing about Donald Trump and Nancy Pelosi. And there are some people like that, all right? But there's a lot of people whose eyes glaze over and they say they, they, they don't care. And there's some people who care about city architecture. And you could listen to they could they could talk city architecture for hours and hours and hours and never get tired of that. There's some people who care about sports like that. Gee, all I want to hear about is the Bucks, or all I want to hear about is the Brewers, or all I want to hear about the Packers. And and that that's fine. But there's all sorts of other people, believe it or not, who say, yeah, it's, you know, after two or three or four or five minutes, I, I really don't care. I'm kind of bored with that. The weather is one thing that unites us. Doesn't matter. Male, female, you know, um, uh, again, politi- Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter. We're, we're all affected by the weather because it influences what our plans are going to be. Are the kids going to be home from school? Do I have to arrange child care? What's it going to be like for tonight if I had plans to go out? Are the places I'm going to open? It's one of the reasons that you get that wall-to-wall coverage. And I know some people would say, well, it's kind of the same thing. Why do they keep saying the same thing over and over again and showing the same weather maps? Well, what you need to understand is people come in at different times. There, there's some people that turn on the television or turn on the radio at 4 o'clock in the morning and just keep it on, and, and that's fine all day. But lots of people come in for 5 or 10 minutes, and then they leave. And when they're there for that 5 or 10 minutes, they want to know what's going on, particularly when it's a major weather event. And today is a major weather event. You know, you're looking at somewhere, depending on where you are, between 
half a foot, six inches to a foot of snow, depending. And, of course, it's blowing around, so that always makes things a little bit dicier. Now, here was my experience. Again, I the condo complex I live in, they came out, they plowed out my driveway in the middle of the night, and they kind of they, – they, they at least made one run through of the streets. So I was able to get out of my driveway, and I was able to get out of the condo complex. Once I got out of the condo complex, I, I this was about 9 o'clock this morning, I took roads. I didn't get on the freeway, but I took roads, some main roads in, and honestly had very little problem at all. You had to be, you had to be smart. There were, um, I mean, there were some intersections that were kind of, well, sort of blocked up a little bit. But in, in general, it probably took me 10 or 15 minutes longer than it would normally take to get into work. But it was an uneventful drive in. And I, I saw a lot of different cars that were on the road. So despite the fact that it snowed like heck, at least from my perspective, I, I was able to get around, which goes back to my basic premise that we do snow very, very well here. But I, I know there's different areas, and especially as you get perhaps further out of the metropolitan area, it's a different dynamic. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to start off the program with kind of this electronic town hall feature that we do from time to time on the program. And a lot of time this morning, I understand we've been we've been bringing you the, the people who've been you know telling you what government's going to do or the weather people. And I wanted to open up the phone lines and and get your reaction to the storm. How how have the roads been? Have you been able to get out and around? Have there been problems? What have you been experiencing over the course of well, I mean, last night into today, 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. At this point in time, there's not a specific question, but how have you been handling this particular storm? Have you been able to get around? Has it been a problem? Have the roads in your area been taken care of? Are you satisfied with what is being done? How how bad has this been? 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Gru is lining up the calls. We're back to discuss in just a moment. 1214, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This is your chance to weigh in on the late January snowstorm. And it was a snowstorm. 1214, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. If you're on the line, please hold on. 1217, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ, Electronic Town Hall. We are surviving the late the late January snowstorm. How is it in your area? How have you handled it? Let's see. Uh, Carolyn sends me a Jeff. I just drove from Waukesha to Milwaukee. The highway is not good. The streets in downtown Milwaukee are horrendous. Now, see that that's interesting because, like I say, my my trip in from Ozaki County to our studios, I, and I, I stayed intentionally stayed on the main roads the whole way, not the freeway, but the main roads, and with the exception of you know a couple intersections that weren't plowed that well. I really didn't have any major problems. 414-799-1620. Let's start with Jared on the south side. Jared, good afternoon. Hey, how are you doing? I am doing well. How are you doing in the snow? Uh, I'm fine. Uh, I was telling the uh, producer I just tried for my second time uh, to go to work thinking that if I left again, I might be able to make it. Um, I actually live in South Milwaukee, and I work in Illinois. And uh, this morning, it took me about an hour to get to Ryan Road from my house. And once I got on the freeway, it was so dangerous that I immediately got off and 
mm-hmm. told my boss about that, and then it took me an hour to get back. <laughs> what, ti- what time? What time? What time in the morning were you trying this? That, that was at. Uh, I left at seven. Okay, and so I got back to my house at nine, and I only made it that far, and so I I just left about what a half an hour ago and i'm here at ryan road (laughs) and and i tried to get on the freeway and the first thing i saw was a car sideways the wrong way um and it's still completely snow covered and so i just said all right i guess yeah yeah yeah, right well you know jerry that it's 12 19 and if you're seeing that that car going the other way on the on rail i think that's god's way of telling you that you get a snow day today you you tried your best yeah i I really did all right yeah that's what it's like out here all right thanks for the call appreciate it 414-799-1620 well you know it is interesting because like i say i i intentionally stayed off the freeway because I figured, okay, if I can take one of the main alternate roads down, I'm more comfortable driving 30 or 35 miles an hour than I am doing 65 miles an hour. And I did I, parts of my route in. I'm parallel. I'm driving parallel to the freeway, and I did see a couple cars that had had spun out. Um, David in Menominee Falls. David, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Hi, David. How's it out there? Um, it's not so good. Okay. But, uh, I mean, it could be worse. It's just you gotta. You know, yeah, play it smart, and, you know, when you get to a bad intersection, you know, you try to stop in time so you can get going again. Otherwise, if you get too far in the snow, you can't get going, especially with a two-wheel drive car, right. you know. Right. Now, my my note says that so, you're uh, you're a truck driver by, by trade? Correct, yeah. Oh. We got called off work this morning, fortunately, so... Okay. I didn't have to call in sick. <laughs> <laughs> That's, what what type, of, what type of truck do you drive? A semi. Semi, okay. So I would imagine that being out on the road in a semi with the high wind and the kind of ice and the slippery road conditions is, is sort of a nightmare, i got to imagine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you can, It catches you off guard at times because you don't know what the conditions are one mile to the other, you know. Yeah, well, that's it. right. No, thanks for calling. And again, it's all the it's the sudden wind and stuff that that I'm sure is very difficult. The only I, I've told this story before on the radio, so bear with me. The only time, knock on wood, in my life I ever put a car in a ditch was in in a ground blizzard. Uh, there really there wasn't that much snow. There was, but there were like thirty or forty mile an hour winds blowing uh, across blowing across the interstate highway between um, uh, right outside of Sioux City, Iowa. And, I, I mean, I just couldn't see. And there really wasn't that much snow out there, but the, the, the snow that there was out there was just getting blown. I was following a truck, and the, the truck drove into the ditch, and I followed the truck into the ditch. But So you do have to be careful. 414-799-1620. How has it been out there? This is kind of our electronic town hall. Let's talk to Tom in Fond du Lac. Tom, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Yeah, I, you know, I, I was commuting from uh, Beaver Dam this morning to Fond du Lac, where I, I work in Fond du Lac here. And, you know, it was interesting. The roads uh, a little north of Beaver Dam, there's a lot of some flat areas and, and around our Wapan area. Boy, when you get a little wind, it's just kind of blowing over there. Yeah. And it was quite, quite interesting then. You know, and I was, besides myself, I was in the other car on the road except for tractor or semi-tractor trailer. So, uh, I drove, I drove 50 miles an hour and I didn't, I didn't really have much of a problem. Did you think about taking today off? 
Uh, I was supposed to take the day off, actually. <laughs> I guess they called me and said, don't come to the county today, but uh, uh, MSU did choose to just to do that, and also I come here and there's nobody in the county. So, <laughs> so okay, you're like, wait a second, I was trying to be this good employee, I'm down here now and I'm by myself, huh? Yeah, yeah. well, it's definitely nice and quiet here, you can get a lot of work done. You can get a lot of work done. No, thanks for the call, I appreciate it, Tom. 414-799-1620, let's talk to Rich in Waukesha. Rich, you're on WTMJ, good afternoon. Good morning. Hi, uh, hi Rich. afternoon, sorry. Uh-huh. No problem. I'm in a I'm in Waukesha and uh, I live in a cul-de-sac. I was actually very surprised today because normally in a cul-de-sac in Waukesha, we're the absolute last people to get plowed out. Right. And they were done probably by eight thirty, uh, going through, and uh, they're mm-hmm. going to come back again. But that normally never happens. They normally wait until everything stops before they come and get the cul-de-sac. Right, so your big but, problem yeah, is getting out of the cul- getting out of your neighborhood so you can get to the roads normally. Yeah, but but uh, I would say one thing that I'm actually more concerned about Wednesday uh-huh. because uh, like my daughter is 23 and a half years old and we're expected to have wind chills yep. that haven't been cold enough to, that are the coldest since 94. She was born in 95. She has no clue. <laughs> I can see all the problems ahead of me with the snow, but <laughs> But uh, the young people, they have no clue about how dangerous I, the windshield's going to be on Wednesday. Right, and you just have to pay attention. Now, thanks, Matter of fact, Rich, I, speaking of that, I have a topic related to that that we're going to be doing in the 1 o'clock hour based on some stuff I saw over the weekend, given how some people dress, even in the cold weather. But that's going to be coming up. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, these, the, these cold temperatures, and I can remember – I mean, I, I can remember the one in 96, that, that Saturday in February, where it was just so bitterly cold. I mean, I, I have recollections of those. And, and, yeah, I mean, it's hard on people. It's, it's hard on pets. I mean, that's one of the things that's in the back of my mind. Let's talk to Mike and Franklin. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I guess good afternoon. Hi, Mike. Hi. How you doing? Um, I'm doing pretty good. I left this morning at about 7 from Franklin and heading out just to a small community northwest of Watertown. And it took me about two hours to get out here. It seemed to me the further west I got, the better the road conditions were. Really? Uh, huh. Yeah. And now I'm heading back, and I'm on 26, heading back into Watertown. And it's uh, it's well, 26 is in pretty good shape, but there is a lot of wind getting yeah. blown across. And so these farm fields, you get a lot of snow coming across. Right. And you'll see spots where the road is in pretty good shape, but it's... It right. start, you, I, I think it's going to get slick in these spots later on, especially as you come across these bridges out here. Yeah. Um, how long How long would that drive normally take you, Mike, the one that uh, took you two hour, hours? An hour and 15 minutes, maybe. Okay. Yeah, so, so it, took me, it took me a little over, maybe 215, 220, so a good extra hour. Yeah, yeah, um, but you were probably driving below the speed limit and trying to be careful. Very much. I'd say on the freeway most of the time I was around 40-ish. I had people going by me on the left, which... Yeah. That's fine. Um, none of them ended up in the ditch because I didn't see them. But uh, <laughs> yeah, right but... now speeds are around fifty-five on twenty-six, and it's it's pretty pretty good shape. I'm pretty impressed with the plow guys. Yeah, doesn't that just drive you nuts though? When people pass you like a driving like a bat out of you know what when you're on the road. I, I had one guy, just one guy in my drive-in that, that did that. Kind of passes. There's really like one lane, and everybody's in kind of the one lane. This guy passes on the right going. 
probably 15 or 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. I'm thinking, pal, what are you doing? You just know that person's going to end up in some bad way somewhere down the line. Well, well you hope he doesn't take anybody else up. Yes. And when you go by him in the ditch, you just laugh at him. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it, right. No, thanks. I mean, see, that, that was it. I mean, that was kind of my mindset. I'm going to leave earlier. I, I'm going to... I'm going to allow X amount of time to, to do that. And, and, you know, and I'm, I'm going to drive five or 10 miles. I'm going to drive at the speed of traffic. And the speed of traffic was five to 10 miles an hour below. I don't know if the road I normally drive on is 40. We were going 30, but it was comfortable. It felt safe. I didn't feel like I was sliding out. Like I say, there was one or two intersections where the snow had built up and, and, you know, a little bit dicey. But in general, they, they did a good job. Jeff in Milwaukee. Jeff, you're on WTMJ. Uh, a long-time listener, first-time caller. Oh, this is what got you to pick up the phone. Well, welcome. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I live on the south side of Milwaukee. Uh, you know, it took me a little while to dig out. I had to brush my truck off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm really impressed. Uh, Milwaukee's doing pretty good, keeping the streets clean. Well, the uh, mayor will be delighted. No, thank that, and that's good news. The mayor will be delighted to hear that. No, and, I mean, one of the things, we did catch a little bit of a break because... The, the storm hit when it was supposed to. It hit overnight, and so I, I think it gave the the plow crews and stuff. They were able to get a head start on it for when people had to get around. You know, it's interesting, Jeff. You talk about the having to shovel off your cart. This is the first year. Okay, I, I have I've got a real two car garage now. Where, when I lived in Whitefish Bay, it was a two car garage, but only if you didn't have anything else in the in the garage. And so I had an SUV. It always sat out in the driveway. And so I would always have to spend 20 minutes out there shoveling the snow off and doing all that stuff and scraping. This morning, I mean, my car was in an actual garage. It was just, it was just like, it was an incredible treat. Dave in Waukesha. Dave, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hey, Jeff. How you doing? Good. How's the roads for by you? Uh, not that bad at all. I, I live on, you know, just southwest of Waukesha or whatever, but uh, 83 and 59. 59 is always kind of an issue just because when the wind sets sure. the side of the north, you know, you get blown over. But, you know, they do a good job. I mean, it's, I don't know. I just, I, it, it seems like every year, and maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just hypersensitive because I'm about your age. And you remember, we used to have snow like this all the time. It was, <laughs> wasn't really that big of a deal. I mean, the cold coming up on Wednesday, actually. Yeah, that's going to, that that's a big deal. No, thank, thanks yeah. for calling. I'm looking at, I don't want to play this kind of remember when. I remember when we had to walk uphill, you know, both ways to and from school and stuff like that. I, I just think we, we do snow well. And I understand this is an inconvenience, but... The bottom line is, I think props to the people who were cleaning out the roadways. I think they did a great job. 1228, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Twelve thirty-seven, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ iPhone users. WTMJ is a new and improved app. It's easier to find news stories, plus get notifications on breaking news and feature stories. You can also listen live or check out show podcasts. Go to the app store on your phone to download now. It just a, a programming note. Um, because the weather is obviously the big story today and will continue to be the big story for the next couple of days, we're, we're going to spend 
a lot of time on that on today's program. If you're tuning in and saying, well, gee, why isn't he talking about Hillary Clinton saying that she might run for president again? Well, there's going to be time for that, but I just don't feel like doing that today. Or what about, are you glad the government's open? And what do you think? Will they shut it down in two weeks? My answer is yes, I'm glad it's open. No, I hope they don't shut it down in a couple weeks. But this is going to be largely a political free zone today on the program just because of all the stuff that we are are facing given the storm and the issues that relate to that and the upcoming cold. Which brings me to the next topic. Let me just say this at the beginning. I get why schools are closed today. I, I understand that. We got and are continuing in some areas to get a, a lot of snow to try to get kids out and get them to the school bus stop in you know the, the heart of the, the storm early this morning I think would have been very very risky I fully understand why schools are closed it's going to be interesting to me because given the forecast given the cold tomorrow the bitter cold perhaps record cold that's predicted for Wednesday I could easily see and then Thursday's no picnic I mean I could easily see some schools deciding to close for the vast majority of the week now I'm I'm don't don't take it from me that you're going to get a snow day, but I, I think if I were parents, if I had school age kids, I'd be start at least starting to think about, gee, what are what are my childcare things going to be? Because it might be the kids are home, maybe tomorrow, probably certainly Wednesday, and then who knows what Thursday's going to be. So I understand why it is that they closed school today, right? There are some businesses which are closed. Um, including some manufacturing concerns in, in general. But there are a lot of businesses that are open. I mean, for example, you know, we're open for business, and I, I just, I mean, some of our salespeople and stuff who can work from home are working from home, but you know, there, there's a lot of people in here. It, it is business as usual. As I was driving to work today, I, I noticed that there were a lot of retail stores that were opening up, the pet store, as I was driving down the road that I go to, that was open. Uh, the liquor, one of the liquor stores I go past, I, I noticed that that was, was opening up. I was kidding around a little bit earlier, but somebody went out today, and yeah, here at Good Karma, they take decent care of us. Somebody went out today and found a bakery that was open and bought all sorts of muffins and bagels and fruit and stuff and put it in the break room. So they, they found that place that was open. Our bosses decided they're going to get pizza for people who are working. So they were. there's a pizza place that, that is open. Now, I, I said earlier they were delivering. I don't know if they're delivering or if one of our guys has to go pick them up. But regardless, there, the, there's a pizza place that is open for business. There's lots of places that are, in fact, open for business. However, um, if, you, if you had business with Milwaukee County, well, good luck. Now, I, there's got to be an exception to this. First of all, the plows are, of course, are, are out there, and you know all the mechanics and and everybody who's you know working really hard behind the scenes to keep the plows running and things like that, both in the city and the county. Well, they're they're still working hard, but Milwaukee County, the county courthouse, courts and government are closed on Monday. Also closing, Waukesha, Sheboygan, Washington, and Columbia County, all all closed. That means courthouses and all county operations, except for the sheriff's department and the transportation departments, will be shut down. All right, 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. During our, our first segment of the program, we heard from people who you know talked about how they were going to work. They were going about their, their business. They just... 
had to leave a little bit earlier, leave a little more time. But, you know, they were able to get where they were going. All right. So here's the question. It was bad outside this morning. But, you know, people in the private sector, by and large, if you had to get to work, you got to work. Should the county offices, should government offices have been closed today? 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss in just a minute. Now, as a practical matter, you might argue, well, you know, is anybody on a day like today, are they really going to be going down to try to get a marriage license or something like that? If you're going to close it, does this just make sense because there's not going to be a lot of business? And you can, in fact, I guess, make that argument. But was this a day that was so bad that the county, the government offices, should have been closed. 414-799-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And if we're closing them today, what do we do a couple days from now? All right, 414-799-1620, we discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. 1242, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Twelve forty-five, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. All right, chances are that your place of work may very well be open. Matter of fact, Milwaukee County—they're running their buses so that you can get to your place of work. Um, the mayor was talking about how the the streetcar, Tom's trolley—that's apparently running. So you've got public transportation that's going. The county has its buses going. If you work for Milwaukee County and you work for the Department of Transportation, you are out there, by the way, doing an outstanding job, plowing and salting the freeway and county roads. The Sheriff's Department is patrolling freeways and the county roads. And that, that's you're, you're seeing that in surrounding counties as well. However... Several counties, the governments have decided, well, all right, yes, we're going to put the plow drivers to work. We're going to make the sheriff's deputies work. We're going to run the buses. We're going to run the streetcar. But you know what? We're going to give government workers a snow day. Hmm. 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. John Text. Canadians are laughing at us. I guess here's the deal. It would seem to me that if if the buses are running, and that's the standard you're going to have. All right, we're the roads are good enough so that we can have public transportation rocking, and we're going to have the buses running, and we're going to be doing that. Well, then I think the county offices should be should be open. I mean, if the buses are around, and to me, this like I say, it's a different it's a different calculation than the schools. That's a different concern because with the schools, you're talking about kids standing out at bus stops. You're talking about school buses. But I guess the bottom line is, if the guys that make the pizzas that are going to, you know, that we're, we're going to be having at the station in a few minutes, if the guys that make the pizzas and the people that open the pet stores and the folks that, I don't know, work in retail, if they can get to their jobs and by and large people were able to, why do you just close down all the county services that you decide are, are non-essential? I mean, to me, it's the fundamental difference, perhaps, between... I don't know, the public sector and the private sector. You know, public sector, you don't work, you don't get paid. Matter of fact, here's the point that Chris makes in the text. Private business is open because capitalism is a great motivator. Government, on the other hand, is not going to react like money-motivated enterprises. Can you imagine if we had socialized medicine in a snowstorm? Um, well, there, there is 
that. Um, now, the best argument, again, I think for closing county government is it makes it easier for those of us who have to get to work. Because if you have the government workers who don't have to come in, well, presumably they're staying off the roads. I do wonder, though about how many of the government workers who have had today off, and this isn't, I'm not faulting the government workers, and this is a decision that county executives made, Chris Abley in Milwaukee and the other county executives in the area. This is a situation where I wonder how they're going to be spending their, their afternoon. Are they going to be staying at home, kind of saying, oh, we, we can't go out because the roads are too bad? Or are they going to be out and about? Are they going to be going shopping at the malls? Are they going to be going out and you know taking their kids sledding or doing things like that? Are they going to be enjoying the snow day? And then the question becomes, if they're enjoying the snow day, huh, maybe maybe that should be a vacation day instead of a, a day off, and maybe people should have thought of that. Now, the other question that you have to ask is, what is going to happen on Wednesday? Because Wednesday, you're talking about bone-chilling, perhaps record-breaking, perhaps life-threatening cold, and you're going to have to make that decision as well. Now, candidly, if you gave today, if you made today a snow day for government employees, I think you can make a very strong argument that Wednesday should be a snow day as well, but don't worry, my or a cold day, but don't worry, my guess is... If you want to get a pizza, those places will be open. If you want to go to a bakery, those places will be open. And if you want to listen to WTMJ, I guarantee you we're going to have people there. It's 1249, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Twelve fifty-two, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Coming up in the next hour, what was the kid wearing and what was the kid thinking? And if you decided to take Uber or Lyft today, I hope you had a very deep pocket. We'll talk about all that. But I I do want to back up. If you are like me, you woke up this morning, woke up, the alarm goes off, and the clock radio starts. Yes, I have a clock radio, and it starts WTMJ. So I, I hear our morning news talking about this, and then as I'm kind of slowly waking up, I turn on the TV stations, and I start watching the different you know TV news. And it was sort of interesting because I, I woke up early, so I'm going through, and I was watching all the different channels and the different meteorologists and the different reports uh, about this. Of course, I, I always point this out. If anybody thinks there's any glamour in being a TV reporter – you, you really, you, you should have, I hope you were watching television this morning because it will quickly disabuse you of that notice. I, I just, I saw all these reporters, and, and this is the standard thing. It's kind of a cliche, and I, it's how they cover it. I'm not really being critical about it, but it's, it's how they cover it. You know, every news station takes a bunch of its reporters, and they send them out to various locations, and then they put them out. A lot of times, they're in pretty much the same location. You know, everybody's kind of downtown, right around Wisconsin Avenue, and then you've got people that are out at truck stops or, or whatever, and everybody's around the area, and you've got these reporters that look like they're apt absolutely miserable and if they look like they're absolutely miserable there's a reason for it they are absolutely miserable because they're standing there and there's you know a foot of snow and the wind is blowing on them and they're getting hit in the face and they're all there to say well i'm out at the corner of what eighth and wisconsin and you know it's snowing and and here you can see it blowing and there's cars behind me moving slowly and and they're there for a couple hours and you just sit there and you watch it, and again, like I say, if you think that there's a glamour to being a TV reporter, just just watch that type of coverage, because everybody ends up doing it the same way. You know, have, having said that, 
I, I know that there's a lot of people who criticize the way weather ends up getting covered on, on either TV or on the radio. I mean, let's be honest about it with obsessions or whatever. Having said that, and I, and I tried to be objective, I spent some time today watching all of the different TV stations and the way they covered news, the way they covered the weather developments. And in general, I think they all did a pretty good job. You know, I mean, there, there were, you know, there, there's one guy who was like climbing on a snow pile in Cedarburg that I thought was kind of silly. But, but regardless, I mean, uh, of that, and there was one reporter who had trouble rec- remembering it was Wisconsin Avenue, not Wisconsin Street. But that's okay. But in general, I, I thought... I thought that the TV news coverage was was pretty darn good, and I tried to watch all four of the channels. We've just got a couple minutes before the top of the hour. 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. In general, I, I thought the coverage was good. I thought the coverage last night was good. I thought the coverage today was good as well. What did... I mean, is there something that drives you crazy about weather coverage? Is there something that you think the TV stations should be, you know, doing differently? I, I think, in general, they, they did a pretty good job. 414-799-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I do acknowledge that the, the, the screen with the different crawls and the ads and all that type of stuff kind of drives me a little bit crazy. It's just I, I'd like to focus on But in general, I, I thought the network, the TV stations, and I, I, I'm talking about all four of the major TV stations, I, I think they did a decent job. Bob in Hales Corners. Bob, you're on WTMJ. Uh, for once, i got to agree with you on your topic. Okay. This is the stupidest, most unsafe thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I drove truck for 35 years, 3 mile, million miles accident-free. They are creating a hazardous condition by putting these vehicles on the highway. Oh. And what about the liability if these people cause or create an accident? Oh, you're talking about when the TV stations have the the vehicle driving on the roadway, and there uh, you've got the reporter sitting in the front seat, and the guy that's and the guy that's driving. That's what that's what drives you yeah. drives you nuts, huh? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, my God, we know it's snowing out. <laughs> yeah, well, no, thanks. I, I, no, I, I understand that. I, I think you could make the same argument about, okay, why do we have to have them all standing on 8th and Wisconsin saying, well, look, cars are driving really, really slowly here. You know, we get that idea. It is it is snowing. But, yeah, I I do understand the the desire. Okay, we got a car. We're driving on the freeway, and we're down by Racine County, and it's snowing a little harder. Does that really tell you anything? Tony in Waterloo. Tony, you're in WTMJ. Yeah, I got the same thing where the I'm uh, watching the Madison station, and they'll drive around the city telling you how bad it is. <laughs> and it was funny this morning. The news reporter was blocking the snowplow from finishing his route. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. It's kind of like get off the road. You're telling people don't drive if you don't have to. You guys don't have to do that. You can report on it otherwise. Yeah, no, I think that that is a that is a fair criticism. That's the that's the cliche as well. That here we're going to put the people out in the cars and we're going to have them drive around and we're going to show you the the road. And there was one I was watching today, and the reporter was saying, "Well, actually, you know, the camera makes it looks like it's more clear than it really is." And I'm thinking, well, if that's the case, why you know why why are we doing this all in the first place? Everybody go back to the studio where you can be safe and you can report in that fashion. So I, I think that's all. 
a fair sort of criticism. In general, though, I, I think the TV stations and certainly the radio, I think our station did a very, very good job of keeping you updated on what's going on in this massive weather event. But it, do, do we really need to send people out to stand in a snow pile in a parking lot in Cedarburg? I, I do just throw that out there. You know, is this really, I don't know, could that reporter maybe be put to better, more practical use or at least not made to climb up the snow pile? Just, just asking. The really Eric Bills that there was a guy. I was watching this. He, <laughs> I believe you. I, I, I'm watching it. He's in this parking lot in Cedarburg, and they'd like park. They'd they they pushed all the snow over, and he's standing there saying, "Oh, I'm I'm calling this Mount Cedarburg. I I think I think I'm going to climb it." And honest to God, I'm sitting there watching, going, "Oh, for the love of God!" But you were watching it. No, no, uh-huh. I I didn't. But no, I I got a Twitter feed that no, I I no, I watched it thinking, <laughs> "All right, this guy's not going to really climb up on top of this." And then there was this Twitter thing. Yeah, there's a picture of him out there. Oh, nope, okay. no, I, no, I didn't stick around long enough. I was thinking, why in the world would anybody do that? You know, I mean, if your kid decided to do that, you'd say, get down off of there. <laughs> Just saying. 1250 Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. It's 108. This is Jeff Wagner. Well, Eric, you know that discussion about, you know, should county offices have been closed? All right. I, I have the definitive answer to this. Comes a text from a woman named Barb. Jeff, I'm working. I work for the post office. I'm out delivering mail. Have a good day. Okay. <laughs> so if, if Barb can be out there in her truck delivering mail... Explain to me why somebody who works behind the desk, you know, at the county clerk's office, can't be sitting behind that desk. There's no county clerk creed. Well, right. As a, right. Snow, nor rain, nor misballoted right. county. Absolutely, yeah. Right. No. Right. There, right. There is no creed. I'm just saying. Okay. So here, you, you got the people that are delivering mail. Your mail is going to be delivered. But if you need to get that marriage license, well, Chris Abley has closed the county. <sighs> All right, all right. Okay, Eric, before you leave, you got how old are your kids? 12, 9, and 7. All right. Um, do you, when they go out in the wintertime, do you have a, do they dress themselves or do you and your wife tell them what they're going to wear? No, they dress themselves. Okay. Are you comfortable with how they dress themselves? Well, this week, yes. I, sometimes my boys like to wear shorts when it's 30 degrees outside, but no, they've been, they've been putting pants on and being smart this week. Well, yes. I bring this up because I, I used to notice that when, when I lived in Whitefish Bay, I lived um, a couple blocks away from a middle school and a high school. So I would routinely see the, the kids, particularly, in general, it was the boys who would walk to school. And it didn't matter what the temperature was. It didn't matter whether it was snowing or not. They were in shorts and sweatshirts. Mm-hmm. That that was it. And you want to say it's zero degrees outside, <laughs> you know, but, but the, that was the style. They were in shorts and, and sweatshirts. And so I, I, I don't live by a school now. But yesterday I, I attended as a guest. I, I went to the Brewers on Deck thing. And lots and lots and lots of people were there. And then afterwards, I kind of wandered around downtown a little bit. We went across the street for for lunch and things like that. But there were a lot of kids there. And I was struck by how many young kids, and I'm I'm talking about, I would say I'm 8 to 12 or 13 or 14, that, that kind of range. How many kids were there who weren't wearing coats? They were either wearing sweatshirt. Now, it was cold yesterday Mm -hmm, i mean mm -hmm. it was cold and i was struck by how many kids there weren't wearing jackets or coats but had on sweatshirts and in some cases the kids were even wearing shorts 
Yeah. And I'm yeah. sitting it's there amazing. thinking, I'm like, oh, okay. I, and maybe from the perspective of, of the parents, of mom or dad, there's, there's bigger battles to fight, so you're not going to argue about this. But I'm thinking it's zero degrees outside with the windshield and the kids out there in shorts or the kids wearing a sweatshirt. What the blank is going yeah, on? I, there is something. That I, I don't know if it's a new phom- phenomenon or not, but our kids, so now that it's been this brutal cold, they're, they're smart about it. And they actually wear coats and right. pants to school and that type of thing. But oftentimes, if it's basketball practice in the evening, driving them over, just want to wear the shorts in a... In a and a sweatshirt. And so on Friday, when it was super cold on Friday, this past, I said, no, dude, you got to wear real clothes. Right. I'm not taking you to basketball so you can walk out and freeze. Right. But I think it's, you know what I really think it is? They don't want to deal with a coat. Once you get to wherever you're going, you have to take it off and find a place for it. And if it's not in your locker, if you're going anywhere else, you don't know what to do with your coat if you're 12 years old. And okay. you don't want to carry it. You, don't want to give it. you can't give it to mom or dad, and you're just stuck with this jacket. It I, could be. How do you explain the shorts? No, no, okay. All right. All right. No, all right. No, I mean, other other than in a fashion statement. (laughs) No, 414 799 1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Have have you noticed this as well? And I'm just, I am struck because I see it over and over uh, again and i really i don't i I don't want to come across like it's hey i'm this old guy you know get off my lawn kid it's it's not but you know when it gets cold it's kind of my excuse to to me to to like dress in in layers i've got these i've got these uh, fleece lined blue jeans that i really i'm I'm embarrassed they they really look like dad pants they're they're jeans there's no question about it but but they're warm so if you're going to be outside they are comfortable and then you know i'll throw on a t-shirt and then i'll throw on a sweater over that and then i'll throw on a big flannel shirt and i'm warm um and then i'll I'll sit down and i'll i'll i'm standing there with like these different layers of clothes i'll look around and there's some kid wearing shorts and a sweatshirt yep 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Is is this a fashion statement? And I guess the question really should be, from a perspective of mom and dad, is there a point in time where you have to do, like Eric just simply said, and just take the kid aside and say, dude, you know, it's it's zero outside. You know, you, you've got to wear a coat. Here's a parka. You've got to wear blue jeans. You've got to wear boots. Or is this just one of these deals where, hey, it's a fashion type of thing. Nobody dresses like that. It's an inconvenience to have a coat or whatever. So, you know, there's bigger battles to fight. 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And I bring this up because, I mean, if people were wearing shorts and a sweatshirt outside yesterday, I mean, I can only wonder what's going to happen if kids are out in the next couple days where it really is going to be, you know, dangerous. At some point in time, when does when does the fashion stop and when do mom and dad have to say, all right, look, you've got to. You've got to dress more warmly. 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Would you let your kids or your grandkids, you know, go out wearing shorts and a sweatshirt in weather like we've had over the last couple days? It is. I understand, you know, we, we kid a lot about whether we're becoming weather wimps or not, but I don't know that you're necessarily a weather wimp to say, hey, pal, it's zero degrees, no shorts. 414-799-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. 115, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. It's 117, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. So glad to have you with us. We're talking about weather-related stories today. One of the observations I made, I was at... Um, 
Brewers on deck yesterday, and I was waiting in this long line to get into the, the event. And a, a lot of line was outside before they opened up the doors. People were queuing up, I think, well in advance of that. And I was struck by how many young people, and I'm talking 8 to like 11, 12, 13, were there standing outside, no coat, I mean, they had maybe a sweatshirt on, some kids in shorts, and, and that I know is the fashion statement nowadays, that it doesn't matter how cold it is, you, you're not going to wear a coat, you're just going to wear, you know, t-shirts, and sh- you're going to wear sweatshirts and shorts, and I, I'm thinking, all right, what's going on here? Do the parents know this, or is this just, hey, it's it's not a battle worth fighting? All right, let's see. Uh, Michelle says, it depends on their age. Elementary school, no. Middle school or high school, they're old enough to suffer the consequences of their actions. Hmm. I don't know. If I was in high school and I used to walk to school, I'm trying to think if I walked out when it was five degrees above zero and I walked out in shorts and a sweatshirt, um, I, I think Ann Wagner would have grabbed me aside and said, "Did I mar- did, am I raising this stupid kid? I mean, it's cold outside. Put on a jacket. Here's Kim. She writes, my 15-year-old son will not wear a jacket. He has a nice north face. I forced him to wear it Friday and will have to force him to do it again on Wednesday. My daughters, on the other hand, bundle up happily. Boys. She sees it as a gen- as a as a sex thing. It's like the gender thing. It's it's those boys out there. Let's talk to Jeff in Fox Point. Jeff, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hey, Jeff. I saw it when I was substitute teaching, and I actually see adults do it at the gym. And I think that it's a combination of fashion and convenience um, for adults. I think they do it so they don't have to spend as much time in the, lo- in the locker room. But what they need to remember is is that that's how germ that's how people get get sick, and that's how germs can get spread around. And if you're going to do it, I, it, wear shorts outside. They should get some of those tights like Giannis wears, huh. and so they're at least a little warmer. Uh, yeah, I right. I mean, well, it just doesn't. I mean, thanks. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And I, I mean, I understand fashion. And I understand convenience, but at the same time, all right, it's 18 degrees outside now, and there's blowing snow. I don't know what the wind chill is going to be, and it's going to get colder over the next couple of days, including you know all these warnings that people are talking about. You know, this is a big deal. I was listening to the news, and when they're talking about you know air temperature of 20 degrees below zero, that's nothing to fool around with. I mean, it's just it is stupid cold. And you just wonder if people are going to, well, well, you know, what the heck, I'm only going to be outside for a little bit. Here's a text. Jeff, in high school, my kids would also dress in shorts and a sweatshirt to come home from basketball practice. They did this until one day they had a flat when it was sub-zero weather. That's the thing that, that's out there as well. And that's why you know, we have all the auto safety people saying, you know, if you're out and about in your car, you know, you, you want to be prepared. You want to have some water. You want to have a flashlight. You want to have a blanket. You want to have these things in case something happens and your car breaks down or you get stranded by the side of the road for a little bit you can imagine two 16 year olds driving home from basketball practice and the car breaks down they get the flat tire and it's 10 degrees below zero and then you know you're sitting there going oh well we're in shorts and we're in a sweatshirt and you know we're in trouble at that point in time i guess this is the interesting fashion statement that's out there but this would be one just like lancy reagan in the 1980s said about drugs i think when it comes to going outside not properly dressed that's one where you just say no 121 jeff wagner wtmj
123, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. iPhone users, WTMJ is a new and improved app. It's easier to find news stories, plus get notifications on breaking news and feature stories. You can also listen live or check out show podcasts. Go to the App Store on your phone to download now. Okay, let's take a break from the weather discussion. Uh, Tom Brokaw, the pride of Yankton, South Dakota. I have been to Yankton, South Dakota on many occasions. Tom Brokaw is now 78 years old. Everybody knows Tom Brokaw. He was the former news anchor at NBC News. Now he's kind of like a news guy emeritus. All right. He shows up on a panel yesterday on Meet the Press, and they're having a discussion about the wall and border security and things of the like. And here's here's what Tom Brokaw says about the wall. He says, on the Republican side, a lot of people see the rise of an extraordinary, important new constituent in American politics, Hispanics, who will come here and all be Democrats. Also, I hear when I push people a little harder, well, I don't know whether I want brown grandbabies. I mean, that's also part of it. It's the intermarriage that is going on and the cultures that are conflicting with each other, he adds. All right. Then then he says. I also happen to believe that the Hispanics should work harder at assimilation. That's one of the things I've been saying for a long time. You know, they ought not to just be codified in their communities, but make sure that all their kids are learning to speak English and that they feel comfortable in the communities. And that's going to take outreach on both sides, frankly. Okay, so let me. Let me read again what he says. He says, I happen to believe that the Hispanics should work harder in assimilation. That's one of the things I've been saying for a long time. You know, they ought not just be codified in the communities, but make sure that all their kids are learning to speak English and that they feel comfortable in the communities. No sooner does he say that than he is just pilloried. Here are some of the things that people are saying on Twitter. Tom Brokaw, my mom, worked harder at learning English than most recent teens in their high school foreign language class. I'm fluent in Spanish and English, majored in French and studied Portuguese. Maybe the U.S. should try harder to assimilate into a global society. All right, here's another text. Tom Brokaw, for a celebrated NBC News journalist who spent years chronicling American society, you seem stunningly ignorant of the Hispanic community in this country. Unfortunate to see xenophobia pass for elevated political commentary. Okay, so he's getting roasted for essentially saying, I think, you know, people, and he's talking about people who come to this country. He says, I think you should learn how to speak English. He then apologizes, saying, I feel terrible part of my comments on Hispanics offended some members of that proud culture. I'm truly sorry my comments were offensive to many. The great enduring American con- tradition of diversity is to be celebrated and cherished. Thank you for your comments. Let's go forward together. That apology then just further inflames people. Here's some of the stuff that was said. Translation, I'm truly sorry I said it out loud. I usually keep my bigotry inside my head. Your response, Tom, tells me I've revealed too much and I'm sorry it offended you. I wish I could say you weren't offended so I wouldn't have to hide that part of me. All right. So what what Brokaw, I, I think, is saying or what he said on Meet the Press when he's talking about all right, the, the the border battles and stuff like that. He's saying, I happen to believe that Hispanics should work harder at assimilation. It's one of the things I've been saying for a long time. You ought not just be codified in communities, but make sure kids are learning to speak English. All right. Now, for that, he is just being ripped. Now, first of all, it's whenever you're talking in generalities, it's always difficult because 
Obviously, there are a number of people who have, for example, come to this country who are bilingual, who speak English, who speak Spanish, who speak multiple languages. And as somebody who has trouble speaking English from day to day, I, I fully respect respect that. But those aren't the people that Brokaw is talking about. Brokaw is talking about, gee, people who come into this country, I think you have a duty to try to assimilate, and part of that is learning the language. 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, is this, is this viewed in that context really that offensive? Is it offensive to say that if you're going to come to America, you have an obligation to try to, you know, assimilate, and that starts with learning the language. I mean, is that really that controversial? 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I mean, what Brokaw says is if you don't learn this language, you're, you're, you're going, if you don't learn how to speak English, what's going to happen is you're, you're going to limit your, your opportunities. You're, you're going to be in certain communities where you can talk to speak to people in Spanish, but it, it's going to limit your, your larger ability to interact with other people. And again, he, I, I recognize that that doesn't apply to everybody, and there's all sorts of people who speak multiple languages, et cetera, et cetera. But is it really that offensive? I mean, should he be made to apologize? Should he, I don't know, be considered as xenophobic because he's saying, hey, if you're going to live in the United States, I think it's important that the kids learn to speak English. Is that really controversial? 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I guess I would answer that by saying, again, it's difficult to speak in generalities, and I appreciate that there's all sorts of people who are bilingual and who do exactly that, but the, the overall concept, I mean, I look at it like this. If I decided that I was going to live in France, and, and this is, I was going to move to France and I was going to live in France, could I get by speaking English? Yeah, but the truth is, lots of people in France don't speak English, and if I wanted to really be part of that culture, I think it would be incumbent on me to learn to speak French. I mean, I, I guess I don't view that as being controversial. 414-799-1620, that is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, Gru is lining up the calls. If you're on the line, please hold on. We'll be back to talk about this in just a minute. Candidly, I, I, I understand that there's all sorts of people who get offended about all sorts of stuff, but in fairness to Tom Brokaw, and I'm not necessarily a Tom Brokaw fan, I, I don't know that he should be apologizing for what he said. All he said was, if you're going to come to this country, I think you should learn the language. 414-799-1620. Back to discuss in just a moment. 135, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Debbie in Sheboygan. Debbie, hello. Hello. All right, Tom Brokaw is getting all this heat for saying, well, I, I think that people should assimilate, and you do that by learning to speak English. Is that really controversial? Well, I, I don't think so. Here in America, we all spoke English, our grandparents, their parents, and so on and so forth. They came from different countries. My family came from Germany, and my great-grandma she and grandpa, they spoke German around the house. They all spoke English, and it trickled down, you know, the ladder. We all spoke, we all learned mm -hmm. English. Right. So well, I just think to have things cohesive, we need to all learn to speak English. Do we have to know the you know, the full dictionary of words? No. 
you know, you can start out simple. You need to go to the grocery store. Where's the milk? You go to, um, I need directions. You know, you can tell somebody where directions are in English. Well, right. And see, and Brokaw isn't saying you can't speak. I mean, he's not saying you can't speak Spanish or you have to give up your native language. But, I mean, English is the language of, it's the major language of this country. And the reality is. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But there's some parts of this country that they don't, uh, there are cities that um, don't speak English, they speak another language. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, exactly, but that's going to, uh, and and so maybe in in some areas you can can get by. I have some acquaintances who are Vietnamese. There's parts of Los Angeles, there's enclaves where you can, there, there's some people who've come to this country and who've never learned to speak English. They, and, but, but they're, mm-hmm. by speaking only Vietnamese, you kind of confine yourself to th- this area if you can't yeah, communicate with other people. Yeah, yeah that, and th- and thanks for calling. That's, I think that that's all that, that Brokaw is saying. If you want a part of the American, this is how I interpret it at least, if you want a part of the American dream, it, it is important to speak the majority language of this, this country. And nobody's saying that you can't be an American if you speak Spanish, I don't think that's the argument. But if you're coming to the country, and see, and I guess going back to what I said before the break, if I was going to relocate and live in France or live in Germany, I would feel that I had to make an effort to try to learn the language so that I could interact with people, even though I know that there's a lot of people over there that speak English. But if I wanted to assimilate, I think that would be the burden was on me. 414-799-1620. And candidly, I mean, I understand people are out there looking to be offended by stuff, but what Brokaw is talking about, I, I think, is just sort of the the reality. He's not saying, "Oh, you're you're inferior if you just speak Spanish." But I think what he's saying is, you limit your options. Jerry in Appleton, Jerry, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Thanks Hi, for Jerry. taking my call. Sure. Well, you know, this, this, for them to get on Dan Rather for this, it just shows how. Uh, Tom Brokaw, I, I, Tom Brokaw, you can get on Dan Rather. You can get on Dan Rather for anything. <laughs> Thanks. I met Tom Brokaw. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, it's just beyond the pale. He didn't say anything. It just shows how intolerant the left has become. And you can't say anything. There was nothing wrong with what he said. If I, if I decided for some reason and I needed or wanted to live in France tomorrow, you think I'm going to go over there and expect them to accommodate the fact that I don't speak French? I'd, say, I'd expect them to say, well, if you want to live over here, you better get with it and learn how to speak French. Well, well right. Or, or, you know, or, recognize that your options are going to be limited you're you know you're going to have trouble communicating when you go to some restaurants and stuff that where they don't speak english you're going to have trouble you know going to banks you're going to have trouble you're going to limit your options unless you learn how to speak french yeah, i don't I told your screener i said that i mean tom brokaw is not exactly a friend of the right i mean he's i'm pretty sure he didn't vote for president trump i mean i consider him a fairly liberal yeah, so, yeah. yeah well he i think he's it is interesting i had a text on that. Tom Brokaw is starting to get, I I think, some of the reaction from some of the climate I think he perhaps helped create, you know, over the years at NBC. And now I, and I'm I'm sure Brokaw is sitting there saying, oh my God, why why are people offended by this? I'm I'm sorry if you're offended. I didn't mean that. And then that just further incites him. No, thanks. No, there's no question that that Tom Brokaw is getting, what's the phrase, hoisted upon his own petard here. It is kind of ironic that, again, one of the bastions of the left is is now being criticized. And people are saying, well, he's 78 years old. He must be just out of touch. No, he's just saying, hey, if you come to this country now he singles out hispanics and look and i understand that again like i say when you're talking about generalities there's all sorts of hispanics who 
you know, speak multiple languages and all. But, you know, I think he's and it doesn't have to be directed at Hispanics. I just I think your options and opportunities in this country are much, much better if you learn how to speak English in addition to your native language. 414-799-1620. Uh, Matt in Menominee Falls. Matt, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, uh, Jeff, I don't. I think the way he said it, that a lot of people don't really understand what he said. Yeah, uh, that's that's all I have to say. Okay, well, yeah, no, th- well, I mean, again, it, it's like I, I, I mean, if people were interpreting what he's saying as saying, well, you, you know, if you come to this country, you you should give up your cultural identity. That's not what he's saying. He's just saying I think it helps, you know, if, if your kids learn to speak English because they're going to be applying for jobs and. They're going to be interacting with people, and if you don't speak the language, your options are going to be limited. And that's that's just, it's the truth. Don in Milwaukee. Don, you're on WTMJ. Hi. Hi, Don. How are you today? I'm good. Yeah, what do you I think? Just wanted, I just actually have never commented before, but because of this subject, I just retired, and uh, my area that I worked was heavily Spanish south side of Milwaukee. Okay, along with every other area I covered from, let's say, the Wisconsin state line to West Bend, the Watertown. Uh, and I was in the automotive business, but it made it very tough and very hard, I found on my end, because it was hard to find people that spoke English. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I would go, let's say, to a certain garage, and nobody spoke English, so I had mm-hmm. a hard time trying to sell them something. <laughs> no, right. Uh, so... It was real tough, or I would get into uh, a certain area, and they would say, well, you can talk to Jose. You know, they would just point and say, talk to Jose, because he knew English. Right. So it did make it, it, did make it very tough. Uh, and if one doesn't believe that, they can go to the parts stores on the south side and find out, because it's real tough. You have people that are very fluent in Spanish, right. and they sell, they sell them the auto parts. So it kind of puts us, if you're speaking English and don't speak Spanish, right. it makes it real hard to try to sell your product. Well, also, no, but thanks for the call. Well, also, the flip side is if 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 you don't speak English, you let's take it from the perspective of the parts store dealer. You have now limited your clientele to the people that that's own, that that speak Spanish. So you know you're excluding a large group of people that are out there. And again, that that's that's a decision you make, and I, I'm sure you can. There are people who can probably go through their entire life, uh, again, not learning how to speak English, and they can perhaps be successful. But as a general rule, my argument would be that is the exception rather than the rule. And take it from me, I respect people who are bilingual. My my mind does not work that way. I mean, I I, I took a couple. I've over the years, I've I've explored a couple different languages, and I've always had trouble because to be good in foreign languages, you have to you have to be able to think in that language, and I, I'm just not able to do that. I'm, I, you know, maybe if I didn't have anything else that I could do, I, I could learn. And I keep thinking maybe at some point in time, I'll just take six months and really try to learn how to speak a foreign language, but. My mind doesn't work that way. So I have the greatest respect for people who are, in fact, bilingual. And it starts early. I mean, that's the thing. If you you come to this country with kids, the the time, for example, the time to learn is is when they're young. Just say it. It's 144. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ.
It's 146, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. As long as we're talking about controversies involving the language, um, there's a professor uh, at Duke who got into trouble on Saturday for something similar to Tom, what Tom Brokaw got into trouble with. Here, here's the deal. Um, her name is Megan Neely. She's an assistant professor at Duke, and she's the director of graduate studies in their biostatistics department. I don't even know what biostatistics is, but a graduate level at Duke, my guess is it's 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 a pretty high level thing. They have a number of students, including a number of graduate students who are Chinese, as in from China. So she sends out this email saying that a couple of the professors have noticed that there's and this is it's directed to the Chinese graduate students and said that they've noticed that a number of the Chinese graduate students, while sitting like in the student lounges and stuff, are are speaking exclusively in Chinese. And the email says, well, we we just want to caution people that, you know, if you're going to be applying for a job or a master's project or interviewing for an internship, you know, it's important that you be able to be bilingual. And it, it says, you know, some of these professors were disappointed that these students were not taking the opportunity to improve their English. So, all right, so in other words, hey, you know, if if you want a job in the United States, it, it's going to be, no matter how brilliant you are, it's going to be important that you be able to communicate well. And one of the option opportunities that you have here in, in this camp, in this setting, is an opportunity to practice your English and learn your English. So they send out this email saying, you know, we're, we're just saying that we're not saying that you can't have a conversation in Chinese if, if you want. But we're just saying, you know, be mindful of down the road, this might be an opportunity. You know, you might have this opportunity here to improve your English, and that might help you down the road when you're out there interviewing for jobs or applying for this or that or the other thing. Well, as you might expect, once this email goes out, um, there's all sorts of backlash. Oh, this is this is terrible. Apparently in the email, they, they caution that, you know, if, if you don't, try to improve your English, there might be unintended consequences. And the thing is, well, what does that mean? Well, the unintended consequences mean that you might not be as competitive or have a chance to get a job or an internship or or whatever because you, you want to be able to communicate again in English. And this is, once again, it's become controversial. Look, I'm not the ugly American. I respect, you know, the ability of people to, you know, speak multiple languages. I'm my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, speak seven languages fluently and it's just it's it is just it is amazing and english is not his native language and it's amazing some of the conversations we have and, and he's you know able to carry on a conversation in he's, he speaks french he speaks english he speaks german um speaks dutch it's just and, and then a couple other languages it's just it's absolutely amazing and i, I marvel at, at the ability that he has to do that and that's a huge asset but you know in these cases these chinese graduate students hey they're going to be applying for a job they want an internship or whatever all they're saying at duke is hey you might want to take this opportunity to try to perfect your english and that becomes controversial when when does that type of stuff you know become controversial? Why has it suddenly become controversial? Seems to me it's just common sense. But I guess we don't have a lot of common sense in America in 2019. It's 151. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 
153, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This week's Jeff Wagner's Home Improvement Showcase is brought to you by Oak Creek Plumbing, Kitchen and Bath. Whether needing plumbing services or kitchen and bath remodeling, Oak Creek Plumbing does it all. All right. We all know uh, today, big snowstorm, lots of things that were closed. On the other hand, a lot of people decided that they, they had things to do. They were going to go to work, etc. Interesting story in the Chicago Tribune. Um, about the snowfall that hit Chicago. And Chicago had a snowfall pretty much like like we did. There are a number of people in Chicago who rely on ride-sharing services like Uber and Lyft to get to work. And what they found this morning at around 8 o'clock, if they called for the Uber or Lyft, what they found is the prices were through the roof. Um, let's see, $51 for a ride that would normally be $10. Um, let's see, another one, $31 for a solo ride. Um, normally, the ride would be $10. So what happened was, because of the bad weather, the price went up. And this story has kind of taken a life of its own. I assume the same thing happened around here for people who rely on those rideshare services. And the story becomes, is this is this gouging? Are, are Lyft and Uber taking advantage of, again, the, the circumstances and the weather to try to you know jack up fees, just like what happens, again, if you want to ride home from a bar 2 a.m. on New Year's Eve, you're going to pay a lot more than if you want to ride somewhere at 4 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. At right, 414-799-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We only got a couple minutes before the top of the hour. But now I don't use these services unless I'm on the road sometime. But I, I guess to me it's a supply and demand thing. I, I don't. My understanding is this surge pricing doesn't kick in because of bad weather, but rather the pricing is a function of how many people are out there and what the demand for this is. I guess the bottom line is if you want to ride in a snowstorm when there's not as many people that are out there driving, I, I think you've probably got to expect to pay more for that than if you're in a situation where – Gee, you're you're calling for a ride at a time when there's all sorts of people that are out there driving. 414-799-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, is this price gouging? What do you think? 414-799-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I think it's just a product, again, of you know supply and demand. My guess is there were fewer drivers that were out there Again, trying to take advantage. There are fewer drivers out there offering their services. Mike in Glendale. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Thanks Mike. For taking my call. Yeah, what do you think? Um, real quick, just a quick thought on this. I definitely think this is price gouging. As I know it, Uber and Lyft set their pricing and what's commonly referred to as their surging, their surge pricing, that should only be contingent upon what we would understand as supply and demand, essentially mm-hmm. the amount of drivers on the road compared with the demand of how many people need rides at that particular time. Right. So as the amount of ride, rides needed goes up, if the amount of drivers stays the same, the price should go up then. But the weather should have absolutely nothing to do with it. Yeah, but I think what, and, what, the, what, Uber, what the, the companies would say is there were fewer drivers out there. Normally, maybe at 8 o'clock on a normal morning, you'd have 
10 drivers in my example. Sure. Today, they only had three because the road, it was so crummy, there weren't as many out there. If that was the case, would it make sense that the price went up? Absolutely, then. Yeah. And did Uber or Lyft, uh, you know, come out and say that, that, you know, just as a result of the inclement weather, we didn't have as many drivers? Well, they're not answering. They're not dealing with this right now. That's what some sure. of this, right? Sure <laughs> right. <not. laughs> yeah. Sure no, right. No, that, no, thanks. See, and that, and that's it. I mean, right. I mean, Uber and Lyft say, no, we, just because the weather is crummy, that's not what drives the, the, the surge pricing that, that's up. Surge pricing is in times of, of high demand. Again, 2 a.m. on you know New Year's Eve, people want rides home from the bar. Yeah, you're going to have to pay more. I, their justification, like I say, though, is when there's bad weather things, and I guess to an extent it does make a little bit of sense to me. I mean, this morning, my guess is, again, let's say you've normally got 10 people in a particular area who are willing to take you know rides, um, you know, who are driving around willing to pick up people but because the roadways are crummy because there's a lot of snow a lot of people just say well like i don't i don't want to worry about getting stuck i don't want to go through the hassle so i'm not going to be out there if that's the case that there's only two drivers out there instead of 10 it is the supply and demand thing but some people are wondering whether they're taking advantage of it i'm going to give them a break on this one but i, I do think it's something to be aware of because these prices do in fact go up when the weather gets bad 158, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. When we come back, all right, are you smart to leave your car running unattended when it's cold? want to talk a little bit about loud restaurants and lots more. Stick around. 158, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 207, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. So, Melissa, tell your Good Samaritan story today. Oh. You had people? No, it's a, it, I know it, it is a it's great a, story. It's a nice story, yeah. And I'll tell it more this afternoon as well. But uh, so this morning, I'm backing out of my driveway. I have a CRV, so it's a crossover vehicle. Thinking, you, live on, you live on the east side. I live on the east side. I live in Shorewood. And I was thinking, oh, I can get through some snow. That's no big deal, right? So I backed out, and the back end of my car swerved. And I got, I got stuck at the end of my driveway. As I'm pulling out, a person walks by, and he starts running. He just starts running, and I thought I scared him off. <laughs> I was like, why? Well, I don't blame him. He comes back with a shovel and two other people. And, wow. and ends up digging me out. So great Good Samaritan story, and I know there's a lot of those out there. Well, that's that's actually what I wanted to do as a lead-off for the way I want to start this hour. There, um, and boy, I was listening to that weather forecast. I mean, it it's just going to be stupid cold mm, for, for a day or two. Just, I mean, just, just stupid cold, and this is the type of thing where things break down. The, the weather today, I mean, we were talking earlier again, I, I, I think that... I think the snow removal people did a really, really good job. But still, there, there's things that happen, like happen to you. I mean, you slide off the back or you, you, I don't know, turn just a little bit too soon or whatever, and you end up stuck in a ditch or stuck at the end of your driveway or whatever. And and I think one of the things that's out there is that, that, that it's times like this that bring out, I think, the good stuff that you see in people. A lot of times we... We, we talk about the, the bad things, you know, uh, and just you kind of like wonder, gee, you know, what's going on here? But I, I think in some respects, it's weather like this, you know, th- there are good stories and there's good Samaritan stories. And I thought maybe in honor of your experience this mm. morning, did you get the names of the people? I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, OK. I did. So are they, did you know who they were? I didn't. They were actually my neighbors and they're college students. And oh. they had the day off. So one of them had told me that they were from originally from California. Okay. And they'd never seen anything like this before. So I think it was a whole new experience for some of them. 
Yeah. It's so, kind of cool, yeah. Okay, well, that's that. That's. did you offer money or anything, or did you say no? I didn't, no. Oh, I, I, what I did say, um, I said later on, uh, tonight, I'm going to bring a snowblower over. I said, if you need snowblowing, let me know. Okay. I said, I'd be over around 6.30 at my place. If you need it, let me know. I'll come do it. You're paying it forward. I am. She's paying it forward. All right. <laughs> Four one, just one second. 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. Do you have a good Samaritan story? Um, you know, somebody that maybe helped you out. Um, if, if you want, you know, somebody that, that you helped out or, or whatever, cause this is one of these kind of communal sort of things. And uh, again, you've got, you've got the bad weather, you've got all the snow, you've got the cold coming. This is not the first time that we have been through this, but I, I, one thing I, I do notice is that this is one of these times where we as a community, tend to pull together and it's one of those deals where hey you're driving down the side of the road you know you spin out you get stuck on the curb whatever your snow your car a lot of times what happens in urban areas the snow plow comes over and your car is snowed in and you need the three guys to help push you out i I think that happens more than we might acknowledge and i think there's a lot of people out there maybe it's just it's that random act of kindness maybe it's the thing of you know i'm going to i'm going to shovel i'm going to shovel further i'm going to do my walk and then i i know the folks next door they're not out yet but i've got that snowblower out so i'm going to go ahead and i'm going to do you know their walk as well when i lived in whitefish bay i had some very nice neighbors on both sides and that was kind of the thing that was there whoever was out there first with the snowblower or whatever i i they you know all right we'll we'll do the walk in front of the other house as well because we're we're out there and it's a nice thing to do 4147991620 that is the accurate mortgage talk and text line do you have a good samaritan story and again it can be where you were helped out by the good samaritan or you know if you want where where you were the the good samaritan um i have always remembered those occasions where you know you you know I, i more times than i can like to remember over the years i can remember people who've you know helped your your car again it's it's stuck in the parking space or whatever and it's the old cars where you got the real wheel drive and the car is spinning and all of a sudden two or three people that are walking up the street jump out and help kind of push you out of the spot and there have been various occasions in the past where I have done that as as well. I've always tried to figure out as a way to, it, that we're paying it forward. 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. Want to acknowledge that Good Samaritan story in honor of what happened to um, Melissa today? Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Crew is lining up the calls. We're back to take them in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. It's two twelve. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Two fifteen. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. But one thing I, I've noticed is is bad weather tends to bring out, in many cases, the best in people. We're going to talk about it bringing out the worst in people in just a couple minutes. But the best in people. I mean, our, our very own Melissa Barkley got stuck trying to back out of her driveway today. A couple of people who turned out to be her neighbors, guys, students from California, came running over, got a shovel, you know, dug her out. My guess is there's a lot of stories like that. Mike in Mayville. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, um, me and my wife were out to eat uh, Saturday before New Year's Eve at Fox and Hounds, and I was telling your your screener that mm-hmm. 
Uh, we, we had a really good time, and the waitress was really funny and, and everything. And then we were ready to pay for the bill, and she goes, oh, she goes, your bill's taken care of. I'm like, what? She said, yeah, um, so, somebody wants to be anonymous, took care of your bill. And we're like, wow, that's just, just too weird. never really happens to us, you know. So on the way home, we decided, you know what, if we have an opportunity to do something for anybody, you know, we're mm-hmm. just going to try to go out of our way to like make people's lives just a little easier. Well, why did you? Why do you think they did that, Mike? Were you? I, uh, I have no idea. Okay, because my wife's pretty. I don't know. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. <laughs> I really don't know. All right. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah. So I, I've been working really hard at it, like helping the neighbors shovel, and you know, this lady I was walking in this pet shop, and she had two dogs, and she had, she had a cane. I was just. <laughs> Dogs in for well, that's nice. You know, I'm just really trying to be really, you know. No, better. you're trying to trying to be a decent guy. No, that, that yeah. that's great, Mike. No, thank. I mean, um, okay. I, I the purpose is. I mean, I, I that that whole concept of pay it forward. There were a, a number of years ago. I'm at um, I'm at a restaurant in Epcot. You know, at, in Disney World Resort. It was an Italian restaurant. I forget the name of it. But there was a. We were all kind of crammed in, and there was a couple sitting next to us. And it was a guy in uniform there with his wife. And, you know, I mean, it's the whole pay it forward thing. Long story short, we we anonymously, you know, picked up the tab. And I I just, I I mean, I went up to waitress on the way out. I said, look, I don't know. Can you tell me kind of what their bill is? And I, I, I mean, I ended up paying for it. And I just... You know, we didn't tell them, but I, I felt good about that. It was one of those things where, hey, it's one of the ways of saying thank you for your service. So I, 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 I always, I try to remember to do things like that. I, I need to, I need to work on being a better person. But I think that's a great story, Mike. Dean in Muskego. Dean, you're on WTMJ. Hello, Dean. Hello. Hi, Dean. How you doing? I'm doing well. Okay, give me your good Samaritan story. Oh, I was just, um, I've been listening to you all day. And um, been out there driving the Uber and Lyft thing all day. Right. And um, see a lot of people, a lot of good Samaritans out there helping people out, you know. Yeah. You see someone struggling in a little bit of snow, and you see people coming, you know, just coming and pushing them out. You yeah. see it all the time. Isn't that great? I mean, isn't it just great? Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. No, no thank, thanks for calling. I guess that, that's why I wanted to devote a couple minutes on the program today, because like I say, I... If you do what I do for a living, you you oftentimes focus on some of the bad stuff that goes on in the world, and I understand it's an occupational hazard. And the same thing is true in, in the news. You know, a lot of times for it to make the news, you know, what we're talking about is we're talking about the bad stuff that happens. You know, this happened, that happened, whatever. And it's really, really easy, I think, sometimes to forget that there's all sorts of good people that that are out there and there's people who are out there <clears throat> trying to do the right thing and there's people out there you know who are willing to help and i think this is one of the times when you get the bad weather whether it's people getting stuck in their driveways or people getting stuck on the side of the road or or now when we're looking at this this really dangerous cold snap that's going to come and it's not going to be a long cold snap i mean it's just it's it's just a couple days i mean starting tomorrow and then it's supposed to be by saturday it's supposed to be in the 30s and we're going to get rain of all things so i mean it, it's just and then after that the long term forecast isn't bad it looks like this is just a a two or three day cold snap but it it's going to be one of those things that is potentially life threatening there so 
it's one of those situations where if you know somebody that's, I don't know, perhaps not as mobile or shouldn't be out and about or whatever, maybe this is one of the opportunities to say, hey, can I get you some groceries or here, let me let me bring you some food or, or whatever. It's one of the chances that we can, again, be, be neighborly um, and, and really kind of make a difference. And it's one of the things that I think you see a lot that doesn't get a lot of attention. And we know you don't want you don't necessarily want the attention. You just don't think anything of it. But here, I'm out there with the snowblower, and um, you know my my neighbors are in their 70s, and so here I'll, I'll just I'll do their driveway. In addition, I'm out there for an extra 10 or 15 minutes. But what the heck? Then they don't have to worry about it. It's that type of stuff that I think you know really speaks to the the better angels of our nature. When we come back, something that doesn't speak to the better angels of our nature. Stick around. It's 2:20. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. It's 2.22, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Last week, I, I, I told you about these the, this school that was having a problem, these kids. And this was a middle school, so you're talking 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. The, the latest fashion was these kids would wear these ski caps, these beanies. And they were a certain brand. I want to say Montclair, I think, is what it is. They cost... Three hundred to three hundred and fifty dollars. It, it's interesting. This is how <clears throat> the the whole internet works nowadays. In in preparation for that story, I was kind of like researching the, these hats, and so now whenever I log into my computer, those are one of the ads that pop up all the time. Ads for these three hundred and fifty dollar beanies. Which, if you can spend three hundred fifty dollars on a ski cap, trust trust me, that is God's way of telling you you have too much money. In any event, the story was that that the school was begging the parents not to let these kids wear these caps to school because the problem is, you know, what, what happens, especially when you're talking about kids, what happens with winter clothing? Scarves, gloves, mittens, hats, they lose it. Well, it's one thing if you lose a $12 beanie. It's another thing when you lose a $350 beanie. And so what would happen is the kids would lose the beanie, and then mom or dad would freak out, and they'd call the school, and they'd be spending all this time trying to search the buses or whatever and find out what the kid did with the hat. And so the school said, we just can't spend time doing this, so please, for the love of goodness, don't do this. Just don't don't let them come to school wearing these type of hats, which I would think is good advice. Now, in the last segment, we were talking about Good Samaritans and positive things that people do. Um, This cold weather also brings out the worst in people. For example, um, Gru, who's producing the show today and always, do you know what a Canada Goose Jacket is? You ever heard of those? it, It, again, just like these Montclair ski caps that cost $350, um, Canada Goose Jackets are, it is it is the latest style. Celebrities wear these things. The, the jackets typically run from around a thousand, about a thousand bucks, okay? A thousand bucks for a jacket. I guess if you can afford a jacket for a thousand bucks, you can wear a $300 ski cap on top of it, but it's a thousand bucks. I mean, just absolutely stupid money. Well, what's been going on in Chicago is these these Canada Goose jackets, people who wear them have become targets of armed robbers. Over the past two weeks, um, what they say is that there have been dozens of people who have been held up at gunpoint and forced to give up their 
their jackets. Um, and if that's clearly what they're being targeted from. I mean, people are, you're walking around with this jacket. So, you know, in this bitter cold weather, you have somebody that jumps out with a gun and steals the person's jacket. Again, it's kind of like, uh, all right, who takes somebody's jacket? Well, again, you've got the, these, this criminal element that is out there. And so whenever there's bad weather, it, it brings out the worst in people. There's no question about it. Which, brings us to what's going to be happening in the next day or two. As we have been talking about repeatedly, after the, the snow finally winds down, starting a little bit tonight, but particularly tomorrow into Wednesday, we are looking at just absolutely stupid cold. Maybe, you know, all-time record air temperature cold. Maybe wind chills that are going to be like 40, 50 below. Just absolutely stupid stuff. Nevertheless, there are people who are going to have to go out, all right? And one of the things that happens when people have to go out is that oftentimes they will, wait for it, warm up their car on really, really cold days before they drive away. Now, in some cases, maybe you're fortunate enough and you can have a garage and you can open up the garage door and you can you know, warm up your car in, in your garage. Now, that's not necessarily a guarantee that somebody's not going to come up go and then try to steal the car. But at least it's in your garage with the garage door up and it's running. In Milwaukee, there is an ordinance which makes it illegal to leave your vehicle running in a public place while unattended. And as a matter of fact, the Milwaukee police are saying, you know, just, just don't do that because it is too much of a recipe for disaster. You've got criminals, roving bands of criminals that are driving around and they're, you know, looking for unattended cars and, you know, your car could in fact be stolen. Well, at the same time, you know, if, if the car is, if it's 30, 40, 50 degrees below zero with wind chill, um, I think a lot of people are going to want their car to be at least warmed up and running for a little bit. Nevertheless, there is an ordinance against this in Milwaukee. Our number is 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, the risk is getting in an ice-cold car or sitting in the ice-cold car versus the chance that the car may, in fact, be stolen, I guess, because it's the mean streets of Milwaukee, and 30 or 40 degrees below zero doesn't deter some of the criminals that are out there. But, but here's my question. When it is just stupid cold like it's going to be, do you think, at least from a law enforcement perspective, should people get a pass if they want to warm up their car, understanding that again, this is Milwaukee, and there is a risk that somebody might steal your car from out of the alley or steal your car from out of your driveway. 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. When it gets as cold as it's going to get over the next couple days, should you be able to warm up your car, again, in the driveway, unattended, you're inside having that last cup of coffee while the car is warming up before you jump in. Now, I understand there is an ordinance that says no, and I understand in most circumstances, well, you're, you're taking a risk because the criminal element is out in force. But do we look the other way when the temperatures are as cold as they are going to be over the course of the next couple days? 414-799-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Should we be enforcing this ordinance or should we give people 
maybe a little bit of a break given what it's going to be like over the course of the next couple days. 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, me, large picture, big picture, I think it's unfortunate that crime is so out of control around here that you have to have an ordinance like that that says you can't leave your car running in your driveway to warm up because it's so likely to get ripped off. I guess the next question is going to be, you know, should there be an ordinance saying that your windows have to be locked and your doors have to be locked? Leanne in Oak Creek. Leanne, you're first. Good afternoon. That is the question I was going to ask is how does the law state about the car being locked? Like nope. if you have a remote or you have an extra key or, you know, something like that, if you leave it running. Um, unattended. Can't can't leave it unattended. I don't think it makes any difference whether you're – can't leave it running if it's unattended. I don't think it makes any difference if it's locked or unlocked. Uh, so unattended, what if you're just on your other side of the door of your garage and you're just waiting for the car to – Well, I, I mean – no, I think you're unattended. I think that's okay. unattended. No, you, you've got the car running, and you're not sitting in it. That's what they're really talking about. Ah, okay. <laughs> do you think you should be able to do that? Um, I don't think so. I guess it's still against the law. Uh, do you think the law makes sense when it's 40 degrees uh, below zero? Uh, probably not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. No, thanks, God. I guess that's the bigger – see, that's the bigger issue here. Okay, 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, that's what the ordinance says. Should you be able to – should the police be looking the other way when it's this cold? I mean, I wonder how many criminals are really going to be out in 40-degree weather. We continue the conversation in just a moment. Two thirty-six, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. All right, it, it's going to get really stupid cold over the course of the next couple days, and there's going to be a temptation, I think, for people to leave their cars running, for example, in their driveway to warm up. Uh, keep in mind, there's an ordinance in the city of Milwaukee against that. You can't leave your car. Um, it, it's a state law. You can't leave your car running unattended with the keys in it. There's an ordinance in Milwaukee that says you can't leave it unattended and running and unlocked. I, I'm, I'm a little bit unclear as to whether if you lock the door or not, you got like a second set of keys, whether that's an exception or, or not to the ordinance. But you're not supposed to do this. All right, because there's such a concern that the car may in fact be stolen. I don't know. What does that say? I mean, should should people be getting tickets for that, or should we be concerned more with the people who are out and about when it's 30 below trying to, I don't know, steal cars in the first place? 414-799-1620. Let's talk to George on the northwest side. Hi, George. Hey, Jeff. How you doing? Good. Uh, this whole thing is kind of weird to me because any mechanic will tell you it's not a good idea to warm up your car before you drive off in it. And that's the, that's what's causing people to leave their cars unattended. They feel that they can't get in their car unless it's warmed up. Right. The car warms up so much better when you drive it than right. if you even sit in the driveway. So the whole idea of this ordinance, it kind of saves them from getting car damage. And if somebody does steal that car, then you've got a car running through the streets of Milwaukee, probably causing an accident. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, the ordinance it could be a good idea. Do you, um, and the, of course, premise, the premise is all wrong about this. You should not be leaving your car unattended because it's not helping you to warm it up. 
Um, Actually, can cause damage to the engine when you start driving it. Yeah, right. Th- thanks, Nicole. And, and of course, you know, nowadays you've got the new technology. You've got the the remote starter, so you can start it. The keys aren't in it. I mean, it's not like I mean, clearly this ordinance I think was mostly intended for people who didn't have the key fobs like they have with the newer cars. You'd leave the keys in the car would be running. You would leave it unlocked, and it would be just an invitation for people to come out and and to steal your, your car. And I guess, to me, the larger point of this whole thing is, is this whole notion that I don't know, we, we have so many people that are apparently driving around looking looking to steal cars under these particular circumstances. But bottom line is the police are deterring people from doing this. And again, there's the ordinance that says that you're not supposed to leave the car running and unattended. And I mean, I understand it makes sense. It's just, it's too bad that you have to have that ordinance. Joe in Greenfield. Joe, you're on WTMJ. Yes, hi. Hi. Uh, um, I was just thinking more so, is there any liability for the manufacturers to um, actually... You know, produce these type of vehicles that you can leave unattended and be safe with because obviously it takes a key to start it. And the consumer that buys that product is under the impression that that's what they're paying for. They're paying for the convenience of leaving their car run unattended and um, being able to still be safe and kind of theft proof. Um, well, you know, it. I mean, it, it, I guess it's it's interesting. Is there any liability? Probably, probably not. Um, okay, here's one of the ordinances prohibits motorists from leaving a vehicle unattended with the keys inside, parked on private property, including any vehicle parked on a driveway. City code currently prohibits a person from leaving a motor vehicle unattended on a street or alley or in any other public place, unless the starting level throttle, steering apparatus, gear shift, brake system, or ignition of the vehicle is locked and the key for the lock is removed from the vehicle. It it really is a sad commentary that you can't leave your car running and unattended in your own driveway for fear that it might be stolen. I mean, I guess that's, to me, that's the bigger point of this this entire thing that's out there. Let's talk to John in New Berlin. John, you're on WTMJ. Morning. Hi, John. How are you doing today? Good. What do you think? Um, well, I do it all the time. I told your screener, I don't like getting in a cold car. Mm-hmm. And um, anybody who wants to steal my, my <laughs> truck... Good luck, because I've got two dogs that are in it all the time, and one of them is a pit bull mix. So, so, so good luck. What you're, so what you're saying is if I see your truck in the driveway running and I go out and open the door, I am going to be greeted by a relatively hostile pit bull who's going to wonder, why is it's not my owner, why is this person getting in the car? Yep, and that'll probably be the last car you're going to steal for a Quite a while without looking inside carefully. Um, I I understand. No, that that's there is that element that's out there. Bottom line is, uh, again, you you've got the, these ordinances there, and it's really geared. It, it's it's real. It's not really geared for the remote starter stuff. It's geared for you've got the keys. You get in the car, you turn the car on, you leave the car running, and then because you don't have a second set of keys, you get out of the car, you run into the house, you have that extra cup of coffee, you kiss your spouse on the cheek, and then you come back and the car is warmed up. But meanwhile, because you don't have the second set of keys, you've left the car running in your driveway. The bottom line is, I guess, don't do it. I understand why people are going to be tempted to do that, but don't do it because... 
the reality is there will be people out in the next day or two who know that there are going to be a lot of people who are going to do precisely that because they're not going to want to jump into that cold car. So what they're going to be doing is they're going to be driving around in stupid cold weather looking for folks who did that so they had the opportunity to steal their cars. And the police department, I, I understand it, it makes sense. They're saying, okay, you know, it's it's one thing to get in and drive off in a cold car. It's another thing to have your car stolen on a cold morning. So bottom line, be be aware of this. The larger point is, huh, if you have people who do that, maybe with all due respect to this idea of we need to get away from mass incarceration, and this guru who's producing the show today and always is one of the reasons I will never be a judge. If I was a judge and somebody came in front of me who was part of a group that was going around stealing cars in this type of fashion out of people's driveways, they would be a guest of the state of Wisconsin for a number of years. And I understand that's probably why I wouldn't ever be a judge, because people would say, well, you can't put these people in prison for a lengthy period of time, to which my response would be, try me. 243, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Two forty-five, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Right. Speaking of leaving cars unattended and locked, it, it was it, it goes down in, in Wagner family lore is one of the dumber things that I have done. I, I I was I was practicing law. I was working at the U.S. Attorney's Office, and our office is the old federal building, five seventeen East Wisconsin Avenue. I'm there's an eight o'clock hearing, and I'm I'm not great with things in the morning, so I'm just, I'm I'm rushing to get to this eight o'clock hearing. And because I'm a little bit late, not for the hearing, but from where I normally want to be, instead of going to the parking lot where I would park my car, I just pull into an on-street spot. They're about a block away from the federal building on Michigan. So I'm in a hurry because I, I want to get to court, and I, I want to just like kind of jump out of the car and, and run up and do that. And I, there was I, at the time I was driving like a Honda Prelude. It was like an 85. 586 Honda Prelude. I love that car. And it was almost impossible to lock your keys in the car um, because you had to you had to do these various manipulations um, if you were going to lock the door and you didn't have your, your keys in the in, you didn't have your keys. Well, in any event, long story short, I'm in a hurry to get out. I, I'm looking, watching the cars drive by. I open the door. I jump out. I grab my bag. I shut the door. And as I am in the process of shutting the door, I realize that, number one, I do not have the keys. And number two, the car is running. <laughs> and I mean, watch, it's like slow motion as I'm shutting the door. I shut the door, and now I have I have somehow managed to, number one, lock my car, you know, lock my, me out. The keys are in the car, and the car is running. And i got to be in court in 10 minutes, or else I'm going to have some federal judge finding me in contempt. And I just, it was one of those things where I'm just sitting there going, what do you do? So I... It's like I run up to the office and I I call my wife and I wake her up and I said I you you got to get up you got to get downtown and you got to bring the spare set of keys I got to run into court and then I I start describing the story and I can just see the look that is on her groggy face it's kind of like I married a moron how could he have done this in my defense in my defense I have seen this happen as well in other cases. We were, I was traveling with uh, one, one of my co-counsel, 
um, friend of mine in the U.S. Attorney's Office, and we were we were teaching. We used to teach at Quantico, the FBI Academy. The last thing they do for FBI agents before they graduate is they have they they have like a mock trial situation, and they bring in federal prosecutors from all around the country, and you know we act as defense attorneys. So we used to do that on a regular basis. And between Quantico, Virginia, and the D.C. airport. There's a great public golf course in the hills of Virginia called Poheek Bay. And so we would always go out and we'd play a couple rounds of golf at, at Poheek Bay. So this is, we finished our thing with the FBI folks at like 1130 in the morning. Our flight out is until 7 o'clock, so we've got time for a round of golf. Now, Poheek Bay Golf Course in northern Virginia is kind of in the middle of nowhere, but it's, it's, it's this great golf course. So we pull over. We pull at the golf course. We're going to play. So we've changed our clothes. We're getting our bags out of the car. We've got the trunk open, and these are the days when you had to have the key that, that opened the, the trunk. And my, my buddy, who I'm with, I'm watching this. He takes his wallet out of his uh, pocket because he doesn't need that. He throws it in the trunk. And at the same time he's throwing his wallet in the trunk, he's throwing his keys along with it, and he's shutting the trunk. And I, I, I looked at him and I said, were those your car keys or were those the keys to the rental car? And he said, no, no, those were the keys to the rental car. And then we both look at each other like it's like, okay, what what are we going to end up doing You know, here? It's like, all right, and try to get a locksmith in when you have a flight to catch in a few hours. But it all ended up working out. Bottom line is the law says don't leave keys in your car, the car unattended, because they're afraid it's going to be stolen. Okay, got a couple emails saying, you know, guys are talking so much about weather. I mean, it, it's Wisconsin. You know, we're, are we becoming weather wimps here? Well, th- the answer to that is no. No, we're, we're not. There, I understand that this is Wisconsin. And in general, by the way, I, I think this winter has been relatively mild. We had a lousy late fall, but we haven't had enormous amounts of snowfall, and we haven't had, like a couple years ago, this polar vortex that came down and and stuck around for weeks and weeks and weeks. So no, I don't think we're weather wimps. At the same time, you also can't be weather foolish. The truth is, you know, what happened yesterday through today, I think the warning lasts till six o'clock, was we had a major snowstorm. Now, it is a tribute, as I said at the start of the show, to our ability to adapt and our snow cleanup and things like that, that people were able to get around. I'm watching a lot of the DOT cameras, and it looks like, you know, a lot of the freeways are are largely clear. Now, again, I understand there's slippery spots and things like that, but when you consider that, you know, some parts of this area got a foot or more of snow, the fact that the community is not shut down completely is absolutely amazing, and it's a tribute to how well that we do snow. But it's certainly something that I, I think bears you know, at least some paying attention to because there was a ton of snow. In addition, when you look at what's going to be happening over the course of the next couple of days, a, a near record or potentially record cold, you know, an air temperature of 20 degrees below zero, wind chill of 30 or 40 or 50 degrees below zero, that, that stupid cold it's dangerous cold, and I think, you know, people who just want to ignore it and say, well, it's Wisconsin, you know, we're, we're supposed to be tough, what do you expect for winter? Well, there's winter, and then there's the extreme conditions that you get where you just have to, you know, take that into account, and you have to take care of yourself, and you have to pay attention for your neighbors. So, no, I'm like I said, I'm getting these texts, oh, you guys are all weather wimps, you're just talking about the weather. Well, no, this was a major snow event, 
and you're having, you know, bone chilling, potentially life threatening cold that's coming around. And I, I think you need to be mindful of it. And I'm sure, you know, officials need to look at this. You've got, you know, people who are still living in those tents under the freeway overpasses, underpasses and things like that. Got to get them out of there. If you know elderly people or you know people who might, you know, not be in a position to get out, you might want to check on them because like I say, when you get these extreme conditions like we're going to be looking at over the course of the next couple of days, it can be dangerous. So you need to pay attention to that. All right. I'm just about out of time. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, John, Melissa, Greg, all in the studio. We'll find out what they have on their minds for Wisconsin's Afternoon News. I think I have an idea. 253, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ.